We still do seven NUFC Matters show a week for free. But if you want to help support NUFC Matters, then there are a few ways of doing it. Hit the like button on each live broadcast and video. This helps the channel grow. Hit the subscribe button and select the all notifications bell so you don't miss a single show. If you want to help us financially, then you can join the channel using this button with the membership starting at $1.99 a month. Or you can drop us a donation in the chat using a super sticker. We're also looking for sponsors. If you'd like your brand advertised on the flies for the show and featured during the ad break, then email john at nufcmatters.com to arrange today. Welcome to NUFC Matters. Everybody, calm down. Um, I've been asked that a few times today. Um, I'm, uh, I've not had anybody send us any Prozac or anything, but uh, God, this last 48 hours as a Newcastle fan uh, has been a little bit hard to digest. It's been like a throwback to Mike Ashley's era for five minutes, hasn't it, with all the uh, stories coming out. Uh, but as always, the professionals will try to put a professional slant on it. I'm also laughing at all those managers. Um, I did pick out those photographs uh, for the start of the professionals and trying to add a different um, intro and a bit of music for the for the long sands because people like the long sands. Um, obviously, still not back together, still persuading them to, to do the third album. Uh, but uh, great to see some of those uh, managers uh, on there and just, just so many different stories over our years supporting Newcastle but um, welcome to uh, Stu, welcome to Mitch and um, we do want to start before we start getting into the Newcastle United stuff with uh, our own little tributes because obviously the news hit us when we were live on air the other night and um, it was uh, you know sad news about Steve Wilkinson who uh, joined us uh, many many times on this platform Um I'm going to probably share his uh, all-time Newcastle United 11. I'm so glad we did those, you know, where we've got everybody on the platform to pick out their all-time 11 because these kind of things are all the more relevant when um, when we lose somebody. And uh, I'm sure it's a comfort to the family that know that um, in his own little way, Steve made his mark in you know on, on this platform, but he made his... He made a big, big mark as a Newcastle United supporter and as a person. And, uh, you know, I put up his photograph on all of my social media and past uh, 
my you know condolences to the family that way after they were kind enough to notify us and um some of the messages i got were incredible and uh from people from all walks of life you know steve really really did touch the hearts of hundreds of people in and around this area um and uh no one forgot, you know, what he did as a Newcastle fan and as, as, as somebody who championed Nudza in particular. Uh, but, uh, you know, was was a top, top man all round and uh, was flying the black and white flag in Sunderland in the later part of his life, which he used to take great pride in uh, and, and used to have a right laugh about. But, uh, Stu, um, you wanted to say a few words, mate. Uh, you, you managed to meet the man himself. Yeah, well, Steve... Uh, I, I was in touch with him regularly since we started doing the shows. Obviously, I was aware of his excellent work for Nudsa. Uh, so when he come on, to, it was initially the retro show, wasn't it? Uh, and it was, you don't say it too often, but it was, it was actually an honour sharing the screen with someone like Steve and everyone else who was on the panel as well, to be fair. But uh, Steve, I, I kept in touch with outside of the YouTubes and... There was a couple of times I'd been over and would arrange to visit and then through ill health or he was on holiday, we never actually got to do it. And then in August, when I came across for the first game of the season, uh, he, although he had been in hospital, he insisted that he was he was going to come to the game. And he, so he met with me in the heat in, in the junction next to the Haymarket because that's where the bus, bus dropped him off. And I promised him that would push him up because he was going to the Irish club that would push him up the hill. Well, he pushed him up the hill. So that picture there was just, as you know what that is, it's just along from the strawberry. That's me, Steve, and uh, Steve's sister. No, sorry, it's not Steve Hasty. Um, <laughs> uh, so we had, a, we had a couple of pints in the in the junction. I think it was about two, maybe three, uh, at record pace because he had friends to meet. So when we are going up past Hawkers, the hairdressers were the Sam Fender the picture was, painting was, uh, it, it gets a bit steeper there. So we've got the heat who's been working out in the gym to show his muscles and push him up that uh, steep bank and then along that road there. And then he says, I need to go to Irish Centre. <laughs> and then I said, well, you're going where we're pushing you, mate. So we took him into the strawberry and got him another couple of pints and then sent him on his way. But he, he's, do you know what? He never let his disability uh, knock him or put him down. If anything, it inspired him. And more than anything, the, the even when I speak to him uh, in individual chats and and especially when I met with him, he, he's just one of the lads and his love for Newcastle shines through and he is what you want. I think what we describe as, I have to be careful because we're getting to that stage now as well. He was old school. He's... He's a proper, proper Newcastle fan through thick and thin and thinner again. And he's pride and support in the team and his knowledge of, of the club and its history. You know, it, it's amazing. And it was a pri privilege and an honour to know him and, and to meet with him. I know it was only a couple of hours we spent together there, but it, it was it was nice to actually spend physical time with someone that you've known for a few years and known off for a few decades. And and I'm, I'm glad now that he is in peace and he's not in pain anymore uh, and strength to his family. And hopefully they look back on fondness and all the happy times and and everything else that he, he generated for them because he, he was an inspiration. And like I say, I was just blessed to have met him. And 
And, and thank you. He, he does owe us a couple of pints, so hopefully I don't get them for a long time. Uh, but I'm sure I'll be waiting at the bar when I get upstairs to, to pass them over to us. Um, just, I don't want to say too much because there's people who have known him longer and known, known him better. But for me, I, I was genuinely, genuinely blessed to, to call him a friend. And, and, and I think that's about it, Steve, before I stop prattling on too much. Yeah, uh, one of my great memories of Steve was him doing the Mr. Vicky's Challenge, says Emmett. Yes, I forgot about that. I'll have to dig that out. I'll have it somewhere. Uh, Mitch, I mean, you, we, we've spoken about it briefly, but um, yeah, just, just I guess you just want to reiterate again what, what Stu said. I think what Stu just said is an absolutely wonderful testament to the man himself. Um, lovely words, Stu. Thank you for that. Um, obviously, my association with Steve goes a little further back from doing other fans group things and things that we did with the Trust and whatever. Um, from the moment I was introduced to Steve, I was always introduced to him as, as he used to call himself wheelchair Steve. Yeah. And yet, yet when you talk about Steve, probably the last thing you would actually mention would be, oh, he's in a wheelchair. Because it just, it was irrelevant. Absolutely irrelevant. And in a world where sometimes you have words like inclusivity chucked around and, and almost, you know, used in the wrong way, um, he, if you want to shine an example of self-empowerment and inclusivity, Steve was that. And he cared about his fellow Newcastle fans. The amount of work he did to enable other disabled fans and people of uh, d determination to get to football and to be included um, in the right way and not condescend to that. Um, and just treated like like he was one of the lads. And, and he'll be a miss in many, many ways and in many sections of the community. Um, and uh, I hope, in his latter years living in Sunderland, I hope to love the fact that that black and white flag flew very high um, because of that man there in their own backyard. And he didn't give a monkeys about it and uh, he did it the right way um was always a gentleman and always helpful and always not able to share an opinion even even when he disagreed with you he did it in such a wonderful way um and uh you know as a final thing just some of the things he helped me with when working on the trust and chucking things from a different angle and keeping well on track on certain things uh, was always well received and well liked, just like the man himself. Yep, here, here. Uh, lots of uh, lots of great comments coming in as well in the chat. Thanks to everybody for uh, for putting those in. Um, I'm going to have to leave that photo on at the moment because uh, I've got a few issues technically. It seems to be a problem with the system, but um, let's Steve, move on. Affecting about, affecting about your keyboard, mate. Well, this is well, <laughs> possibly. Kiki uh, key, 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 key was sent us this earlier. Question for the professionals. Do you think this summer uh, we will make some marquee signings to go with a new Adidas sponsorship Preferably Adidas sponsored players and possibly selling Trippy and Wilson as part of the plan of free up wages to get extra money. So, look, we'll come to the sponsorship uh, in a bit, but this Trippy Wilson story, which generated over the course of the last 48 hours, um, we, you know, we, we had a real rant. I had a rant, Steve, uh, Steve had a rant, Mitch had a rant, George had a rant on Friday night show. Um, 
you know, we're all a bit upset to be to be perfectly honest about everything that was going on. Now, Craig Hope's continued with his 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 stories. Um, seems to be some you know some truth in the stuff that he's been putting out. Still a lot of clickbait coming from other journalists. But what what do you think's going on, Mitch? Can you can you try and sum up what you actually think is going on? Your opinion. Personal opinion. Mm. Um, there's too many moving parts in too many areas where there's smoke piling out for there to be nothing happening. Um, I complained the other night about Newcastle United losing control of the narrative. Um, perhaps behind the scenes, they know what's, what they're doing, but they're not giving anything in front of the scenes away to show that they are. So it's not so much a loss of narrative, it's they've created a void. Where now it's becoming he said, she said, and, and almost as bad as uh, ready to go to Sunderland message board where things are being plucked out of the sky now and being proffered as fact. Um, nobody really seems to know a damn thing. Um, there's ifs, buts and maybes. Um, and I think that's the biggest challenge for us to sit tight in a time where there's this genuine uncertainty now created about, well, what the hell is going on? The club could stop it, but perhaps what they're going to do is stop it by demonstrating by actions. That's all you can hope. I've got personal opinion on what I think about Trippier and Wilson and all of that. Um, Bottom line with it is, is this: this is not make Ashley's Newcastle United anymore. So anything generated in terms of player sales, we know, will be pumped back through the system. I don't think they dare let people go without having a plan B to bring things in. My genuine belief is still that the main focus is the summer and always was. Um, I think things have been complicated by the injuries that we've had and the drop-off in form. Uh, I um, or will be exceptionally disappointed if they don't try and help Eddie in this window in some way, shape or form, because he needs it. Um, but only the, the, the club can tell by their actions. And at the minute, there's lots. Seems to be lots of inaction, and uh, times are ticking, as it were. And again, it's the frustration of transfer windows. We're going to see a month's worth of business done in 48 hours, I think. Unfortunately, um, I think that's a fair comment about the way Eels portrayed things. Hasn't helped with the reaction to all of this at this time. Has he, you know, uh, have people shown the tell through letting Niels do that? Is that a deliberate smokescreen so everybody can be looking at the shiny things and the squirrel while they're off doing their business in the other end of the room? And it, it, it's very difficult to say. And I can understand why people are frustrated um, and, uh, by the whole thing. I, I don't know why, but I just personally feel still quite calm. I think whatever will out will out, and at the end of it, Newcastle United will be better for it. 
and I've, I've got no evidence and no ITK information to say this, that, or the other. I just feel that whatever moves are made will be more made for the right reason than this genuine reason like Ashley's Newcastle United anymore. And that may, still makes me more relaxed about certain moves. On the face of it, if a sizable amount of income could be generated for the sale of two thirty plus players that allows you to reinvest in the squad and reinvigorate the squad because it needs it. Um, drop some of the sentimentality and you say to people, you know what, thanks for a fantastic job, well done. You've been a great servant while you've been here. We kind of thank you for stopping we're getting relegated, putting one at the Champions League and everything that you've, you've done. Uh, but thank you very much. It's time to go our separate ways and I think we've got to get used to that over the next few years, perhaps. Um, I don't know. I don't know whether this is a situation where my distance is actually helping. Um, I feel a little bit sort of more at arm's length from the, the heat of it all. Don't know. Although, that said, half of them have been in Dubai in the last week, so it's not that much distance, is it, really? So, it turns out, I mean, Craig, Craig Hope, I've been watching his timeline very, you know, you know, very intermittently, to be honest. But today, I have had a good look at it. And ultimately, he's saying that the loan from... The, the loan approach was rejected last week by Newcastle for, for Callum Wilson. Um, so, you know, there'd be no follow-up offer. Atletico also have got financial fair play issues and sources in Spain say the permanent deal this window is almost certainly beyond them. Um, the You know, the trippier situation, well, again, you know, from, from our perspective, um, you know, there seems to be very little, you know, other than, you know, speculation. It seemed to me that it came from this side and then Bayern said, oh, yeah, we'd be interested in him. But they're also chasing other avenues. I mean, there's a lot of it shrouded in mystery. Then I saw another reporter coming out today uh, and saying, you know, both players are back. Uh, the line coming out of the club is that, you know, um, you know, neither player is agitating to leave the club. Uh, so from their perspective, um, you know, they don't see it happening uh, in this window. So, I mean, again, it's it's mixed signals, uh, Stu, isn't it, really, that we're getting, you know, from, from these kind of stories. Yeah, say it with confidence, say it with conviction, and it's believed by some and not by others. That's the game the journalists are playing. But it, it does go back to the Darren Eels, everyone's for sale quote, isn't it? And to me, it's either foolhardy, amateurish, naive, and it's certainly unsettling, or it's an amazing diversion. As Mitch said, don't look away, don't look over there, and then we'll do our business as it is. I think we've spoke enough where I believe there is money in the kitty. Um, and regarding Darren Eels, I think what he needs to do is great. He spoke to the press last week, but a bit more transparency, if possible. And I stress if possible, because I know sometimes I'm the cold face where he's at. He'd love to be able to say board con, but he has to understand that we're not Atlanta. We're not a new club getting built from nothing where you can do what you want. This, this is a club where... It has history. It's got traditional ties. You, you've supported me, father supported me, their father, generations have supported the club. And I think everyone who's, who's travelled the world and, and met a Geordie is, they'll be your best friends for life, but don't ever take them for granted. Uh, and this is what's coming about. And to me, it's part of a bigger plan towards a new stadium, etc. And it's like, look, we can't do what everyone's wanting to do. And it's create unrest create a problem and then find us then come up with a solution but um regarding trivia I, I 
purposely kept off social media as much as I can the last two days um, because there's so much different opinions getting put on. Some are wild, some are quite believable. But I, I do know he was in Munich and he had been in New York earlier in the week, but I do know he was in Munich uh, with his wife. And I'm sure they didn't leave a hold in New York to go and look at the museum in Munich. So that's, that is fact. Uh, and if anyone wants to take this to court, I can prove it and then I'll embarrass them. So I know for a fact he was in Munich. Um, the two of them, him and, he, him and his wife, were in Munich. And I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't go back. And I think he's open to it. And it stems from, for me, from the break-in and the, the horror that his wife had to go through, and I stress allegedly, um, at that time. And that's when he left the England camp and he hasn't really had a good game for us. So he was very unsettled for that six-week period after that. And I think he's open to it. He'd be open to a move. His wife is very good friends with Harry Kane's wife. They play together. Eric Dyer's there, so there's a lot of pieces of the jigsaw that actually put it together. It, it does actually make sense. Um, but then only last week, Steve, we're on here, and I said, it was me that said it, if the club is going to move forward after Darren Neal's statement, there's four players we cannot sell, and that was Botman, Bruno, Isaac and Gordon. Everyone else, to me, had a price. Uh, then I, I threw two other names, and if I remember right, one was Joe Linton and one was Livermento. And thinking, right, that's your core. Now you can build on that. Every other position, I think, is up for grabs or there is room for improvement in them. And we, we have to take sentiment out of the way. It, uh, personally, I think in 40 years of going to the match, 41 years, maybe 40 years, say 40 years of going to the match, Kieran Dyer, Kieran Dyer, Kieran Trippier is the best right back I've seen play for Newcastle. And it's not just his ability, it's it's everything. It was his leadership. It was, we all know he was the first one through the door. For whatever reason he came, he came. And he could have just come and picked up his wage like some other people have in the past. They've seen Newcastle as a semi-retirement home. He's rolled his sleeves up and he pushed every player um, on the pitch, definitely behind the scenes as well. He's, he's set examples and showed people that wherever they thought their boundaries were, they can push themselves further. So if he is to go, it would be with a sad, heavy heart that he's left because he's left such an impression of us. But it would he would go with best wishes uh, and, and a huge, huge thank you. And if we can get the same money that we paid for him, and then he, he's bring up the word, special word, amortisation, you know, that, that then you've got to take in consideration whoever was signing. But that, in theory, puts an extra 30 to 40 million into a transfer kitty for a transfer alone without their wages. And that's at this stage is incredible. Regarding Wilson, I've heard absolutely nothing that Callum Wilson would leave this month. Um, I, I think he's accepting that he's not going to be here long term next season. And I, I would suspect he will go in the summer. But it would be suicidal, and I don't even—I don't think we, it's not the previous regime. It's not any regime we've had before. These people mean business in business sense, and selling or loaning Callum, or loaning Callum Wilson's that already been rejected. But selling Callum Wilson now leaves Isaac as the only recognised striker. So unless they do have someone hiding behind the curtain, ready to unveil, Callum Wilson won't be going anywhere, and. If it shows that he's able to, or that we're willing to let him go, 
he's got two points to prove. One, the better I play for the rest of the season when I get game opportunity, the higher, the better the club I can go to and the higher chance I've got to get into the England squad for the Euros. So that's, for us, it's better. But uh, back to the trip, yeah, because that's the one that seems to have kicked up the, the biggest storm. Is, is quite clearly it's, it would be a commercial decision and his personal life decision, not not a footballer decision, because I think he loves playing for Newcastle. I think he loves Eddie Howe. He knows the fans love him. Um, so if we always get to his hamstring, as what's been suggested, and we've said it before, players will leave. And if it's a choice with Trippier or Botman, then I'm keeping Botman. Like you say, it's an it's an allegation, and and you know there, there's a lot of there's a lot of spurious rumours flying around at the moment. And I mean, we know that Trippier came back from international duty due to a personal reason. I've seen various reasons why that might or might not happened, and you've you've, you've said that as well. So we're not starting uh, another rumour off there. It's something I'm sure everybody has probably read on a text or a WhatsApp group, including the club. Um, I think the problem is, like Michelle says, good evening, Michelle. Uh, good to have you back. Trippier would uh, would go with my blessing, but yes, a heavy heart. It's also his attitude and his leadership that we, we may miss in the dressing room. Um, you're right, Michelle, because for me, it's the timing of it as well. I know we're not going through a particularly good time. Four, four losses in the Premier League in a row, obviously out the Champions League, out the Carabao Cup. Uh, through in the FA Cup, of course, but you know it, it's been a tough couple of months for Newcastle. Defeats to two teams in the relegation battle, we could go on, and I think that's the issue that um, is. You know, it's just another thing. It's it, when Newcastle, when Newcastle self-implode, they do it in style. I get where Mitch is coming from with the, you know, this isn't Mike Ashley's Newcastle United, and he has a feeling that potentially, you know, could all turn out all right in the end. And yeah, maybe, but you know, there, there just seems to be a lot going on, which is. Which, which could have been avoided. Amanda Mierdad, um, you know, once upon a time, uh, you couldn't shut them up. Uh, now, we don't hear a thing from them. And now I know that's because they brought in Silvers and Anils, and, and it's their job to, to communicate with the supporters. But, you know, it, it, it just seems to me as if there's, there's something amiss. Something doesn't feel right. And I wish I had Mitch's confidence because I don't feel that confident at all. Um, and I'm not, I, I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to be unduly over the top. Um, which you know maybe some people can be. I just you know I, I, the Stockholm syndrome never goes away, Mitch. It's always <laughs> there. It's I'm afraid I'm afraid it's a bit like you know having a having a virus. You know you don't you know the chicken pox is probably the best way to describe it. I don't want to go into COVID conspiracies and people say well it didn't exist. Um, you know chicken pox for example when you get that as a kid can come back at a later date, it hangs on you and you can end up with shingles as an older person because you've still got the virus within your system which can come out at any time. So Stockholm Syndrome is very like that. Um, you know, we've had two years of relative success in the sense that we escaped from relegation and then went on to do the, the wonderful run in the uh, Carabao Cup and the Champions League qualification. Um, but it doesn't take much, Mitch, to set us all back to where we have been in the past. And that's, that's, I'm not saying I'm back in the, you know, the depths of despair like Ashley, but there's just that feeling like, hold on a minute, you know, well, don't tell me this is now going to go wrong. Now you know why I used the phrase Stockholm syndrome. A long exactly. Time exactly. <laughs> if it hold, can get hold of someone like you, it'll get hold of anybody. And I wish I could give you something more tangible to explain why I sit here. Um, I wouldn't necessarily say confident but calm I'm just not panicking and I, and I can't give you anything tangible 
as, as to why. Um, one of the messages we bounced around in one of the various chats that we've got going on was was forwarded to her about somebody saying that Newcastle fans inherently know when there's something not right. And I think that's true. I, I think there are things not right there. I think there's things we're not aware of um, going on behind the scenes that need to be addressed. I would hope are being addressed. Um, but there was a time when that would be front page on the Chronicle. And it isn't anymore. And that's for a reason. Um, yes, uh, the people who were most chatty currently seem to be saying next to out. And that's curious. Definitely curious. Um, had they been told saying out? But then when they did say something, they upset quite a lot of people with made ads um, asking for atmosphere, you know, uh, quite unusual. So, and and as we've also talked about privately and to a lesser extent publicly, um, particularly Steve Hasty has, there's still things going on behind the scenes in the gas and anything where people are in place from the Ashley years and they know no other way of doing things other than the Ashley way. And all of that still needs addressed, if you ask me. There are people behave towards fans within the ticket office. I've had two or three people messaging me saying it was not, not about tickets per se, but the way they're being treated. Um, there are people in certain positions that I think are um, not capable of change. And so we, as a, as a football club, have decisions to make about can we manage these people up or do we have to manage them out? And if we do have to manage them out, um, what's the best way to do without upsetting the apple cart? Um, it, it, there's certainly, I think, things afoot which need to be addressed. I'm grateful that it's not being done in public. We used to air all our dirty washing in public. Transfer fallouts, player fallouts, manager fallouts. Um, who in the boardroom was upsetting somebody else in the boardroom? In the boardroom squ squabbles. Christ, half of them played out over my, over my dad's bloody dinner table at one point when Margaret Dix was around there regularly. You know, and, and all of these things where, you know, we touched on it the other night about how being a local journalist is must be very different now because you're not getting the things out of the club that the club would usually actually come with you and give you. Um, I think there's only one individual within the press corps gets things direct. And even then, I'm not convinced he's getting everything that he used to. And so I think, and again, what this is creating is a void where there's so much speculation now that even some of the journalists are struggling to keep up with it all. Um, and so they're getting, I won't even call it scraps of information. They're not even getting that. And, and, and you know, they're, they're, they're raking around the bottom of the barrel quite literally for anything they can get. Um, because the one thing historically as a fan base we feed off is that kind of information. Um, that, that whole club city community synergy, um, this is where that isn't always as helpful as it could be. Um, but yeah, I, I wish I could give you something tangible to say why I feel as calm as I do, but I genuinely do. I feel like the right decisions will be made for the right reasons. And we'll come out with it all about her at the other side. And I still think our main focus is summer. Um, I did not hope it. 
trusting the the owners, as in the ultimate owners, because we talk about them in charge. We know there's one person in charge, and he's the epitome of a born winner, uh, Yasser Al Ramayn. Mm. And there's there's no way he would let an investment of this magnitude just dwindle away. And I, th yeah. I think because we're living in the region, we're, we may be a bit more comfortable with it. And we're not at the cool face, like as in, in yeah. back home, where every street you turn, there's someone asking, you know, every, I'm sure, Steve, when you're out and about, people ask you what's going on, what's going on, and you've got nothing you can say. You know, whereas in the past, you might have got snippets you could share out. Where here, no, I mean, the only thing, I mean, I'll, I'll say this, and this is a joke, how I found out about Kieran Trippiers because he went through customs, and when he emptied his pockets, Jack Clark from Sunderland fell out. That's, that's, how, <laughs> <laughs> that's, how, the, that's how the new well, one is going. At least one of them is beating here, bro. Classic. So there's, there's, there's plenty. I, I, I'm, I'm comfortable and relaxed knowing that the club is going in the right direction and maybe we should start having a bit more faith or keeping the faith and trusting the process a bit more. But, my God, they're making it difficult for, for people to to buy into what they're doing with no communication and not dampening any fires that have been set alight that could easily, easily be extinguished with, look, we understand why he's going, this is why he's going. If we get the right offer, we will let him go for whatever reason, personal reason, football reason, financial reasons. Uh, but that's us looking for the utopia society. We all want to know everything all the time. And that, that's been created with the Facebooks, the social medias and Twitters and all that, where everyone is, is a thirst for energy. What... And what do you think? I remember, Steve, in our group, you'd said, like, that we're, we're going to struggle for content for the next two weeks when there's no matches. My God, we've done two, three, three 90 minute shows off the belt now, and we could have went on longer. Uh, that's that's with True. no matches to talk about. So the soap opera is the cast United will continuously churn out stories, even in what are meant to be quiet times. You know, it's the. Uh, the idea was initially the players were going away on a break. They were going to relax, come back and get a proper week's trade inside them and then would would attack the second part of the season head on. And then about seven of the first 11 have been linked with moves away and uh, Eddie Howe's not happy. And, but I tell you, he's got every right not to be happy. This is why I can't see them not signing a midfielder. And I still think, me, I still think Calvin Phillips will be in the black strip in January. Uh, sorry, February. Now, you might sign for Juventus, what I'm saying. That, but I'm saying black and white strip for uh, being in Newcastle. And he, he wants to come and they're generating money. And it's as if it's a charade where they look, we had no money, we said no money, but we've generated because of this. They don't ever want to come out with. I was speaking to someone on Twitter early on in a, in a private message, so I won't mention his name. Um, asking regarding sponsors. Of course, they've got sponsors up the sleeve. But they'll introduce them at the right time. If they come out now and say, look, there's another £200 million worth of sponsors, what's going to happen in, in the summer when we've got money to spend? You know, so they'll be introduced at the right time. Everything's strategic. And on a, on a business sense, I trust them that way. I, I just hope they, they understand that the, the emotion in sports, specifically this sport, football, sometimes doesn't make any business sense whatsoever. And you've got to spend money to make money. And... You can be the cleverest accountant in the world. But if, if you're going to cut corners, the bigger picture gets lost as well. So I, I, I believe we will get 
one, probably two signings in. And if you ask us now, which you haven't, but I'll give the answer, I, I think Trippier will leave this window and Wilson will stay. That would be my personal opinion. That would be your prediction. Okay, uh, as always, we never take uh, the viewership for granted. Uh, 680 watching tonight. Uh, amazing um, figures for uh, the professionals. Becoming one of the most popular shows on the, on the channel. So thank you for supporting me, uh, Mitch and Stu. Uh, we are on for 90 minutes tonight, so we'll be finished around about half past seven. Liverpool have won uh, by four goals to nil. And Nunes uh, certainly looking uh, the part uh, again tonight. But uh, 4-0 at Bournemouth uh, puts them top of the league. Uh, just above Manchester City. Uh, lots of questions uh, coming in, and lots of uh, lots of lots of people uh, with some really serious information, including Little FB says Darlington Hartlepool have both put bids in for Isaac. <laughs> and uh, Pat says, do you think it's about time that Newcastle took action and banned Gareth Southgate from all Newcastle games? I'm sure that every game he's attended, we've lost. Yeah, Pat, and I don't know. He's always there to watch the opposition players. He's never, he's never there to watch. Um, he's never there for us, is he? <laughs> never there to watch Newcastle players. That's for certain. Um, Derek, I'll answer this one. No, um, I don't think they're losing interest at all. Um, you know that that is definitely not the case, Derek. They wouldn't have bought Newcastle. Um, you know, just to walk away. So the, the answer is no to that. Uh, and Northern Golf, I think we've answered the question. Um, you know, if Trippier goes, who do you want to, in to replace him? We've, we've talked a lot about who we potentially would like in. Um, but I, I just, I, I just genuinely don't think, um, you know, anybody, any journalist has a clue. We've, we've all got a dream wish list, but I think we're, you know, I, I think we will see players come in. That's the one thing that I haven't felt um, is is impossible bringing players in in this window. But uh, I, I just didn't expect Newcastle to be talking about getting rid of players who I thought would have been here at least the summer. I would, I, you know, people asking me about Trippier. I, I met a couple of people when I was out and about today. Do you not think selling Trippier now is a good idea? Well, not now. Sell him in the summer. If we're going to sell him, I can understand he's 33 going on 34. Um, we've seen him probably not have his best season in a black and white shirt now. And, you know, could we cash in him in the summer? You know, maybe we could, maybe we couldn't. If not, you get him off the wage bill. But but at the end of the day, selling him now when the injury list's been, you know, 11, 12 players deep for best part of six, six or seven months. Um, for me, it's just... It's crazy uh, getting rid of anybody, but I understand we've got to we've got to got to have FFP uh, balanced out to, to bring players in. But I, you know, better the devil you know, you know, upsetting the dressing rooms. No guarantee players are going to come in and hit the ground running. We've got to get Eddie Howe ready. Um, you know, I, I just worry about bringing players in um, now and losing that. As Michelle said in the chat before, yeah, talismanic. You know, player in that dressing room, the one person who's you know oozed confidence, who's got people up. Who I remember standing when he was standing on crutches on the sidelines, you know, cajoling the team on in that relegation battle. I just really would be gutted to see him go. Uh, if he goes in the summer, goes with our best wishes. But now in in January of all months, and losing Callum Wilson, that's a, that's somebody who even if he even if he hobbles through five or six more games, I'll guarantee you get you a couple of match winners in that. Um, you know, so why would you do that? And you know, lots of people think that it's a, it's, you know, potentially it's just a red heron. Graham Bowman on Twitter has just messaged and said, "Hi, Steve, Mitch, and Stu. With all the rumours over the last forty-eight hours, with two of our strong first-team players, do you think there's a reason behind this all being leaked to the press? Is it maybe so? If we bring no one in, the club can say, look what we've done. 
Uh, look what we've done. We could have sold these two players. So it could have been much worse window to try and appease the fans short term. I think that's a Mike Ashley trick, Mitch, isn't it? And Jordy Tumbalife yeah. here. my question is, who is giving Craig Hope this information? Is it organised by the club or do we really have a mole at the club? And Alan Little says, Craig Hope, friend or foe of the tune. So in, lots of comments about Craig Hope coming in as well. Craig's a proper supporter and a good journalist. And I don't think he'd do anything to go out his way to rock the boat unnecessarily, really. Um, I don't think we have a mole at the club because I don't think there's been anybody leaking out information there since Mr. Bruce was in charge. The ironic thing was he didn't know who the mole was, but we bloody did. And that's the difference. That's not what Newcastle United's about now. It has changed. And it must be difficult for journalists to get information. Um, it seems to be nearly everybody who steps into St. James's Park in some capacity or other is subject to an NDA these days. I think agents have been told you to sit and flap your chops in reception to all and sundry like you used to to get any deals with us, pal. And I think they've been pulled into line because the, the amount of stuff that used to come out from the most unusual places, just because people were laissez-faire about confidentiality. It, it, it's crazy, really. Um, so I have a little bit of sympathy with some of them. Um, but and because there's this void, they've got to run with what they get from where they get it. And they've got to try to um, sort of put something together. Because obviously, again, we discussed this the other night, the rules are quite different there. Um, and then they can be undermined by a headline writer. So they might write an article which is totally sane and normal. And then have a headline right and put something totally batshit mental on as a headline to grab a headline or to grab some clicks on social media. And that ain't actually the named journalist's fault. It's somebody else doing that over the top of them. Um, so in some respects, they cannot win. Um, and like I say, I, I would like to know where some of them are um, getting their information from. But some of it is uh, sideways, totally sideways. Um, so, yeah, I have, I have a degree of sympathy with it. Um, and like I say, I think that the whole way Newcastle United works is so very different now. Um, we'll only get the information when certain things are done. Yeah, I would agree. Lots of comments coming in uh, pro Craig Hope. And I've got to be honest, I do like Craig Hope. Paul Toon, I do, I do agree. I think Craig Hope asks the questions that need to be asked. He doesn't hide. And yeah, he has got a YouTube channel. Somebody was asking before. He does have a YouTube channel, but most journalists do now. It's all part and parcel of it. Uh, as we're just about to hit 700 live viewers tonight, and we've just done it, please hit the subscribe button. Even if you're watching on TV tonight, just take the time to go onto your phone, find NUFC Matters and hit subscribe. It doesn't do anything other than help us. It doesn't badge you. You don't get loads of notifications. Um, but if you subscribe, it does help us grow as uh, the number one New uh, Newcastle United uh, fans channel. So from our perspective, it does help us. So please hit the thumb up, which does the video a lot of good and gets it out there, gets the message out there. But please subscribe. Um, I don't ask for much. We don't beg for donations on this channel. Uh, but just hit the subscribe button. That does us a big favour. So yeah, Stu. I mean, it's you know, it, it, you know, lots, lots of, lots of conversations coming round about, and, and lots of talk about Craig Hope. 
like I say, I've got my opinion and every, everyone has an opinion about the journalist. I think, you know, I think he does ask the right questions and clearly he has got a good relationship with people at the club. He's respected quite clearly. And I, 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 I like Craig Hope. I think the only criticism that could be level at him, and it's not really a criticism if you understand it's his job, is the sensationalism of the headlines. Because if you read his content and if you listen to him on his YouTube channel, he speaks a lot of sense. And I think sometimes it's because he's not saying what people want to hear. You know, he will give both sides of the coin. And he doesn't uh, write the headline. I think we we'll have to we we'll have to point yeah, out. Yeah, it's still, he takes the flag for it. He it's like it's like it's like the papers in the old days. You have the journalist who does the copy. You've got a you've got a headline writer, and the headline writer is the one who gives it that sensationalism, which we see. And it's the same. It's the same on because um, you have IT guys who do the you know the the, the the websites for the Daily Mail. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He takes the flag for the headlines. But if you watch his YouTube or if you listen. Read his uh, his actual comments. To me, it it shines through that he's a Newcastle supporter and he wants nothing but the best for Newcastle. Uh, but he he still has to be as impartial as possible. But even then, I still think he favours Newcastle. But as I, I just said there, you'll say things that other people are scared to say, which is something's called the truth, and people don't want to hear it sometimes because they want to live in their own little bubble and and think everything's great, or the flip side, if you look at social media, everything's terrible. You know, and he, he'll call it as he sees it, and I think if he's, he's been as honest as he is, you, uh, to me, it's great respect. And I know we've mentioned before, uh, me and Mitch met him in Riyadh, and also in Dortmund, and spent a good time chatting with him, and he came across as a very amiable, tall fella. <laughs> so, <laughs> very tall, yeah. So, like, see, I'm, I'm not small, and he was, he's a lot taller than I am. So, they, they, I mean, that's nothing to do with his writing ability, I suppose. But the, at least we got the weather forecast before it started raining in Dortmund. We knew it was going to rain because he told it. Uh, that was because of his height, Steve, not because of his <laughs> journalism. <laughs> the, uh, but, but honestly, I think Craig Hope is one of the best ones out there. Like, I like Lee Ryder as well. Uh, and he comes in for a lot of undue criticism. I think that's simply because of some of the tripe that comes out there, the Chronicle these days. Uh, and because we were spoiled, a generation, two generations were spoiled with quality journalism from the Chronicle, and it doesn't appear to be that way now. And it's it's not just it's wrong for me to just blame the Chronicle. The the whole newspaper, the media that way, is now based on clicks because that's how they get the advertisements. Because not many people are buying the newspapers, so it's I can understand that. But getting back to the original question. Uh, I've got a lot of time for Craig Hope and uh, I, I watch as many of his podcasts as I can and I try to read as much of his articles as I can because I've, I think he's well informed and, and comes across well. Yeah, and I do think he asks the right questions. Um, it, it is easy just to get sucked into the whole, you know, the whole, I don't know, the showbiz of being at the press conference, I guess, with Eddie Howe. But uh, he does seem to have uh, his finger on the pulse, which which is good. Uh, as I mentioned, says Tim, uh, several times, the Chronicle doesn't help matters with negative stories. Uh, they had Bruno's photo regarding the Trippier story. Uh, the, yeah, yeah, they're struggling at the Chronicle. I've got to be perfectly honest, Tim. Um you know, they've laid a lot of people off. I, think 50, I can't remember the exact figures, but I'm sure there's at least 50% of the staff across the news and sport have gone. Um, there'll be people doing jobs there that they never had to do before. Uh, newspapers are dying, um, not just the hard copies as well. A um, bit like local radio. Yeah. Uh, so I do have a bit of sympathy with the Chronicle. I've got to be perfectly honest. I know, um, 
you know, it's it's, it's something I would miss if it, if it if it if it did drop off. The only thing the only thing I would ever criticise is the website. Uh, but I yeah. use the I use the app. The app spot on. Um, but now they're trying to make it premium. It tells you a lot. You've you can only get twenty five articles free, and then they charge you um, if you if you, if you want to pay. So it, it's getting like that. It's sad. It really is. Um, before we have an ad break, it, it seems un, unfair to have an ad break in a minute because there's that much to talk about. But um, I, you know this. What I said before, Mitch, about Amanda and me, dad, not coming out with as much stuff now. Not not very active online. Jamie Rubin non-existent, virtually online, apart from the odd, you know, congratulating the supporters for doing what they did or well done to the team, good battle or whatever. We don't see half as much. Now, I know they've put people in position maybe to take things away, but is this them stepping back a bit, Mitch? Is this deliberate, do you think? Uh, again, you know, my opinion is it is. Um, do, do you think we'll see, do you think, do you think we'll see a change? Um, I think we predicted that at some point, Amanda and Meadad certainly and, and, and the Rubens would eventually just filter away in, in, in nothing and PIF would be 100% owners. Yeah, I mean, it's certainly something that you could see happening that, that, that eventually PIF would, would take more control. Um, the, the financially, certainly, Amanda and Meadad, um, less so the Rubens, but definitely Amanda and Meadad are financially the, the, the minnows in the, in the equation. And to maintain that 10, 10, 80, uh, how do they actually do that? Are PIF happy with that situation still? I know PIF, talking to people who work with them and work there, that 80, 10, 10 or 80, 20 is their preferred purchase model. So somebody bears a degree of the risk. But as I keep maintaining over and over again over the last few years, you apply normal business practice to football, yeah, you, 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 you're going to mess it up because it, it just isn't a normal business. There's, there's nothing happens in the world of football that's anything like normal. Um, and so maybe it's PIF are waking up with that and they want to change how things are working, but that to them will come with additional cost. Um, I think it suits them to have particularly Amanda in place as a, as a, as a figurehead position for a number of reasons. However, you're right. There seems to be increasing silence from certain elements of the ownership group these days, particularly post the Amazon documentary in wrestling um, for me. But uh, it, it, it could signify that things are a changing. Is that what's lending to the air of uncertainty beside, behind the scenes, perhaps? You just don't know. Uh, greetings from South Korea. I hope you're well. Uh, a Newcastle fan tuning in from uh, across there. We'll get uh, people from all over the world. Good to, good to see you. Yeah, Amanda and me, Dad. Uh, Jamie Rubin, what's, what's your views, Stu? Long term, do you think they'll they'll have moved on? No, my understanding was it was always going to be a three-year process with Amanda. Look, we'll give you 10% initially and they will buy out at a bigger price because then you've made money for your hard work and this may come across as controversial but if, rather than people just react and actually think about and listen to what i'm going to say it, it stems from xenophobia because pif are the ultimate owners that every football club in the world would want but if if some Arab-looking guy with a beard and a shemag and a thwab comes in, a candora comes in, sitting and saying, have you a new chairman? Uh, I'm going to do this for the club. 
it would the the reaction from the press would have been far worse than it has been, even though it has been, even though it has been bad. Whereas you've got someone like Amanda Stavely, uh, a wealthy, attractive, successful businesswoman from the north. If you talk about box ticks and uh, box ticking, she fitted all the profile. She she fitted every single thing there. In you come, you can be the face, you can be, and you're a woman, which apparently is not allowed, you're not allowed to be a woman in Saudi Arabia. And you had all of these things where she can come in, lead the way, be the charm offensive. Uh, but the the real money is with the PIF. The Rubens have got enough money, they can snow up their 10%. And, and I, I said, I think it was last week, I said it, Steve, I, I think by the end of next season, not this season, by the end of next season, I'd be surprised if Amanda still. Uh, 10% shareholder in Newcastle United. Now, whether she stays on the on the board or not, it might be different. Uh, then she becomes a paid employee. So that that might be the case, but I'd be very surprised if if, if, her, if her share hasn't been dwindled out because that would have been the agreement. And as wealthy she is for for us, where she's in a different league to what we are, she hasn't got a she can't hold a candle to what the Rubens own, and they can't hold a candle to the PIF. So the and if it's a money game again, we're talking sentiment. Let's have Amanda uh, being the one that cheers us on when we win the cup at Wembley. She's there and holding the trophy as well. We want all these pictures. It's it's the it's the romance that we're all looking for because that's what sports about. But ultimately, it was mentioned earlier. The PAF have bought us for a business to make money, and they will. And the only way they're going to make money is by making us successful. So they'll have no qualms in making the right decisions, the tough decisions, because they're not dealing with the the players or the staff on a day-to-day -day, day -day basis. If they see something that's letting down their projection, then they'll take steps to first help it and then remove it if, it's, if it doesn't get better. And that's how business is done here. You don't just chop someone straight away. You don't say, right, you're not doing good this week, you're out. How can we help you get better? What can we do to help you get better? And and I just pray that's what's the conversation happened with Eddie Howe and explaining it because we don't want uh, Eddie Howe, I'm sure, can't be happy with what's happening. Uh, with two of his leadership group being linked, three if you include themselves, being linked with moves away in the last week. Uh, it's likely one of them will go and then no replacements. We've already got three fit midfielders. We know Bruno's a game away from a too much suspension. He needs help and I, and I'd be astounded, gobsmacked, dumbfounded, whatever phrase you want to use, if we don't have a midfielder in play by the time we're, we're taking on Aston Villa. I'd be, I'd be honestly shocked. How can you leave, hang him out to dry like that? It's impossible. So I'm sure they're doing as much as they can. And if there is skin, is what was said last week by Darren Neils, what have they been doing since they spent the money at the end of August with the window shut? Where would they be recruiting? Why was Eddie Howe in press conferences when he was first asked about the injury crisis? And then during the injury crisis, we'll assess it in January. And if we need to get players in, we will. But we've got players coming back. If there was nothing, if there was no money then, they would have been saying, we've got no money, we can't buy anything. And that would have given them even more clout in the transfer market. Look, we've got nothing, but we're going to risk financial fair play to buy your player. They've left it. Maybe he's a bit naively until the window's open to come up with it. So, might be a sceptic, but I honestly I, I believe we've we've got money to buy players. And if selling players who won't be there next season 
helps because we'll get more for a trip, you know, than we would in the summer. Wilson, I think, would get the same, um, especially if he finishes the season strong for us. And if Wilson does go, which I really don't think he will, you can't leave Isaac on his own. <laughs> you can't have him up there. He's only played 90 minutes or 90, 100 minutes some games every week. It's impossible. They're not that stupid. They would not allow that to happen. So I think if they had to, if they had to let someone go for the financial fair play, if that's the if that's the route they try to portray, then it'll be Trippier before Wilson. Okay, uh, we're going to give uh, Stu a chance to to nip off because he he likes to nip off <laughs> during the show, and I've gone on fifteen <laughs> minutes longer. Here's the ads. We'll be back in uh, two and a half minutes. A big thanks to all our sponsors. Skips and bins, telephone 0800 2545 Email inquiries at skipsandbins.com. Website, skipsandbins.com. Easy contract, free and pay-as-you-go waste collection. Thanks again to Mr. Vicky Sources, handmade in Cumbria. If you'd like to order some, then give them a call on 01768 210102. Go to their website, mrvickies.co.uk, or drop them an email. Info at mrvickies.co.uk A big thanks to United Group Travel. They're a family firm based in Morpeth with pickups throughout the northeast. No strangers on our tours, just people you haven't met yet. They've got a presence on Facebook and a website, unitedgrouptravel.com. If you want to make a booking, give them a call on 01670 632 460 or mobiles 0791 666 4174 0795714 Thanks to Darren Baldwin Funerals, Independent Funeral Directors. Let us look after you in your time of need. They're based on Old Durham Road in Gateshead, and you can contact them at their website, darrenbaldwinfunerals.co.uk. Email darren at darrenbaldwinfunerals.co.uk. Or give them a call, 0191-478-2730. A big thanks to Media Arts for all the help with the technical side of things. And a big thanks to New Workwear. You can find them at newworkwear.com. If you want to help the channel, hit the thumb up to subscribe. Hit the subscribe button and share to your other social media. You can also pay a one-off fee of £25 to get a scarf, a cup, a pen and a membership card. Go to the website, nufcmatters.com, and click membership. Or put your smartphone over this QR code. We also support the food bank on this channel. If you want to make some donations virtually, go to nufcfansfoodbank.co.uk and make a donation today. We're also a podcast on Spotify, iTunes, and other podcast providers. Just search NUFC Matters. I'm also a part of the Northeast Footy Brecky Show. You can listen to that Monday to Friday, 7 or 9 at thetooneuk.com. Okay, welcome back to NUFC Matters. It is the professionals. Thanks, Thanks everybody, everybody for, for, for uh, tuning, in. tuning in. Mitch, Mitch Shossom. Shossom. 
Yeah, Mitch just took his headphones out and uh, he did it early and I thought I could hear myself. Uh, David Betts says uh, Stockholm Syndrome is a proposed condition or theory that tries to explain why hostages sometimes develop a psychological bond with their captors. Yep, that's about right. Um, and the professionals are the best any UFC show, let alone any UFC. Matt has one top of Mitch regarding the DXB holiday advice this week too. I can't wait to see the DXB mags in action in December, he says. And uh, Gary Milliken says, uh, Ho, Stu, with you being a proud Scotsman, do you think what tartan, why, why can wear? Uh, apparently the tartan the Milliken clan can wear is McClelland. So I think what he's trying to say in his usual, commendable way is what tartan, <laughs> what tartan do you wear, Stu? Yeah, well, Royal Stuart, obviously. There we go. There we go. Uh, fashion tips as well. Billy, uh, I have spoken to Craig uh, on numerous occasions. I, I noticed he... He picks and chooses. I think he will come on at some point. Same as Kieran Maguire. Uh, we do have dialogue. Uh, Kieran Maguire did. Somebody said, you should go on Steve Wraith's podcast. And he did put a tweet out saying he will come on. So there, there will be some kind of, you know, uh, I'm sure interaction between Craig Hope and Kieran Maguire and me uh, on here at some point. When, though, it's when we can all get together and uh, do it. Uh, and Andy Ford says, I think Amanda and Cole drop away purely from a financial viewpoint. Can she keep uh, keep afford to putting in ten percent of the running costs, given she had to borrow money from the club to cover her legal fees? Uh, yeah, I think Amanda and Mia Dad will drift away at some point. Portland ba uh, Mag, good evening, uh, good morning, or good afternoon to you. Uh, do you think there are enough Premier League clubs in favour of increasing the acceptable losses through FFP, Everton Forest, and others already suffering? It's an interesting question there. The FFP stuff, um, you know, Richard Masters, of course, looking at a meeting about profit and sustainability. Um, over the course of the next uh, couple of well, another, another couple of months, I think it'll be February. I think they mentioned, and I think, um, uh, did somebody ask about this earlier on? Uh, yeah, it was Neil. Hello, mate. I'm at work today, so I missed the show, but I did have a question regarding FFP and PSR. Uh, they're in the news again this week after Masters and Parry went before a select committee. Do you think the recent interviews by Darren Eels, I think he means Kieran Maguire, etc., are forcing? Uh, Darren Eagle, sorry, the uh, the Premier to rethink the rules after all the £105 million losses over a three-year period was over 10 years ago. And common consensus is it probably should be double that now. What do you guys think? So lots of questions coming in about um, about these uh, th this potential meeting, Stu. If we weren't owned by who we owned by, would we be saying the debt should be bigger? And there's... You have to be careful with clubs getting themselves into too much debt and then they, they fade away because uh, everyone chases the golden goose of the Premier League. Um, but with Everton and Forest, and I've, I've seen so much sympathy for them this last week, I've got none for them because they knew the rules and they broke the rules. Uh, and the president's been set for others. If they get away with it, the president set for others, that will open the floodgates for, for clubs like ours to go and do what they want. And before people start asking about Manchester City, that's different. They didn't break financial fair, fair pay rules. It's how they didn't break the rules that they're up for. You know, with uh, sponsorships from certain companies that really weren't, or only a percentage was paid by that company and some was coming from the, the Abu Dhabi government or their owners' own companies. You know, so it's... Allegedly, and that, that is stress because they, they haven't been found guilty of anything as yet. And maybe because they're avoiding it, maybe because they believe they're right and the, the, the people charging them, the Premier League, don't have a strong enough case yet to do it. But when all the, with Masters, 
he's just, how do you say it without being too disrespectful? He's, he's, he comes across as a clueless wet lettuce, and that's me being as polite as I can about him. And he won't answer any question. I think it's common knowledge that the Man City thing will be done at the end of next season. Uh, and that's when the court case will be, and which strangely coincides with when Guardiola's contract runs up as well. So if they are found guilty, they've got no choice. They'd have to be relegated at least one division. Uh, and that would be the end of that era, which would be a shame because we've seen some fantastic football, some, some, some of the best football we've ever seen. But if they've got it by not even bend the rules, by breaking the rules, then they, they do need to be charged for it. But that's for something else. Everton and Forest and well, Everton, Forest and Everton again, they were all fully aware and said they would comply with the rules that were set for financial fair play, yet tried to get away with it. Now, again, the first time Everton with the 10 points, whether people agree that's either too lenient or too harsh, that was what was set. And you have the argument now, there was only 20 million difference. That was after so much stuff they got allowances for. And, you know, it was, it was over 200 million they were over in that period. But that's because they were trying to chase the dream uh, and trying to compete. But the, at the time, they had owners who could afford to do that. It's now the owners, for whatever reason, are out of the way. So there's, there's lots of suggestions out there. To me, the, the most sensible one that has been put out is create like an escrow account where you put five years' worth of money into it and it can't be touched. So if you do leave, that money gets used for the next five years Anything left, minus losses, you, you get back. You know, it's just like if you pay a deposit on a, if you're renting a property, and that, that's what you pay. And when you leave, any damages you've done gets taken out and you get what's remaining, just on a much larger scale. That would uh, play right in our hands because our owners could just go bang, there you are, there's a couple of billion and we'll go and have some fun now. Uh, but I want us to do it the right way. And I'm, I keep talking about the, the roman romance of the game. I want us to do it the way we have been doing it, growing organically, going going through the stages, not just coming out like the Harlem Globetrotters and, and smashing everyone out with it because of money. It, it will, to me, tarnish the, the achievement. Because that first cup that we win, that first trophy that we win, for most of us, it'll be the first one we've seen in our lifetimes. And you want it to be as special as possible. And, and, and I think that's the way they're going. But the, the frustration is... They can't spend as much as other people are allowed to spend because of the rules that were implemented to help those with the most money to start with. And I love Mitch's analogy about the being in the loft and pulling up the ladder. Sorry, you can't join us. Then you can jump as much as you can, but if you jump too high, we'll move the chair from underneath you and then you're going to get fined or you're going to get dog points. So there has to be some sort of answer. Uh, and... And I personally believe the Premier League are taking these actions quicker now simply because they, they don't want independent regulation because if it gets scrutinised too much, they'll be exposed for, shall we say, turning the blind eye or even helping other clubs get what they want and not others. And when he referred to Forest and Everton as smaller clubs or small clubs, that was disgraceful. They're equal shareholders of the Premier League. Whether you're Manchester United or whether you're Luton Town, you're a five percent shareholder of that league, and, and and that was disgusting. It really was, and that goes back to the wet less phrase I used. Okay, uh, you'll have seen on the screen there. Javier Mancuro has completed his move to uh, 
Celta Vigo to uh, have a reunion with uh, Rafa Benitez. There he is in the strip with a scarf. So uh, uh, best of luck to him. Uh, been, yep. a, been, a, been a good ambassador to Newcastle United. Didn't play as much, obviously, as he would like to have done in the last 12 months. Groin injury. Um, apart from that, couldn't get into the team, I, I would say, as well, which uh, showed the improvement over the last couple of years. But a good servant, so we wish him well. All the best to him. And uh, certainly one player off the books, which uh, will ease the pressure of FFP. Uh, would have to be said, but yeah, FFP Mitch is what we're talking about, and um, yeah, lots of lots of talk about it, lots of comments. Uh, what's your thoughts? Look, it's quite clear that the figures agreed ten years ago are not applicable now, and haven't been adjusted for inflation. Don't take into account changes of fees and transfer fees within the game, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, like Sue, I don't have much sympathy for people who've broken the broken the rules. Uh, they know what they are. Everybody knows what they are. Everybody should be trying to play the same those same rules. Um, Everton are claiming double jeopardy. Well, no, not at all. There's ways to make it back in that third year if you know you, you've had a bad three-year cycle. Forest have tried to exploit elements of multi-club ownership to get circumvent things, and that's bitten them on the backside. And they knew what they were doing. It was quite clear they knew what they were doing. Um, but again, Stu was right to disrespect both of those clubs in that manner is poor form from the Premier League. The Premier League are scrambling like a body who are desperate to keep other people regulating the game at arm's length. Um, it's in a game comparing different FFP breaches. Uh, Stu spot on when, when he says Man City are in trouble because of the ways they use to not break the rules. Um, and therefore they hid money here and hid money there and that's disguised it as other things. And comparing their case to Everton's case is like comparing 2 plus 2 equals 4 to E equals MC squared. It's, it's, it's a different level of algebra. It's, um, and far more complicated. Um, this is also where we should hopefully now start to see the power of 14 against 6. This is where if there's any votes to be had, relax and ease things. There's enough of those clubs are being affected by FFP as it stands right now. There's only two being pulled up. But certainly my contacts within football will lead me to believe there was possibly another four could have joined them yeah. this year. And, you know, that, that therefore, that 14, who are now clearly being held back, not just us, from trying to bridge that gap to the top six because of the way the rules have been brought into play. It's a slap in the face to have this, this happening in the week where Man United produced accounts showing how much debt they're laden with. And there still isn't the big um, furore about debt because FFP was never about the debt. It was your ability to service that debt. Um, and so... That's why Man you get away with having figures like theirs and Barcelona and Real Madrid are in that situation too. It's it's crazy um, that it doesn't take into account uh, debt-laden clubs really in any way, shape or form um, because they knew when they were putting those rules together, those teams that wanted to preserve their position were the ones laden with the biggest amount of debt. And that's pr pretty much the only thing that we can thank Mike Ashley for leaving with, without. Because of the way he ran the club to work within FFP, strangely enough, 
um, it left her in a position where certain things could be taken forward at a relative pace, but even we've now hit buffers that we put in artificially to protect the top six, or the, whatever you want to call them. Um, and that's our frustration is finding ways around that. But again, we knew that. And okay, perhaps we've overperformed and um, gone way too quick ahead of ourselves last year. But at the same time, that's that unfair on us. We want to grow, we want to evolve. And I think if we would, Stu was right in what he says, if there was anybody other than PIF in Saudi Arabia owning our club, and I'm going to include Qatar in that, which wouldn't be seen, in wouldn't be seen as that much of a threat. You know, I mean, we've been successful, and I know it seems like we've been punished. As like, oh, 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 that's as far as use can go. You can't get more successful now. That's it. No, you've had your, you've had your day in the sun. Uh, we'll nullify as much as we can, and it, yeah. it shouldn't be like that. It, it really shouldn't. But I'm sure it'll get resolved. Yeah, uh, getting onto something slightly um, more light-hearted, um, which we occasionally do on this uh, show. I did see this um, on Facebook from uh, one of the lads. Uh, I'm just take that banner off there. Bear with us. Uh, there we go. Uh, Giza Garrity, um, famous again. Sado's on their phone. So there's me mate cheering away uh, as Anthony Gordon celebrates that second goal against Manchester City. Uh, but if you look around him, there's a few people on their phones. Um, it, it, this, is a, this has become a bit of a, um, you know, a, a bane of society, of course, not just football. Uh, but I've been to a, a couple of gigs now where my phone's been taken off me as I've got in. Bob Dylan, a um, bit of a pioneer of it, for instance. When you go to a Bob Dylan gig now, um, you have to put your phone into uh, a secure bag and you have to leave it. Um, at the, you, know, at, you know, you can leave it with them, but you in a secure place or you can put it in your pocket and you can't get it out. But it's to stop people videoing the gig. Um, so, uh, you know, what's your thoughts on, on phones at football matches, lads? Because there's a lot of it, Stu. <laughs> you go to a football match to watch the football match, don't you? It's like you go to the cinema to watch a, a film. It's I can't get why people want to sit there and, and get their phone out and start videoing the match. Surely you're going to get a picture with your eyes and what you would looking at the camera anyway. Um, I can understand if if it's before the game and you want to take a photo of a player warming up or something like that, then yeah. fine. But when the game's on, that really should be not your, your main priority, but your sole focus. Uh, and yes, St. James is how, how many people can get reception in there anyway? You know, so you're only videoing something that you'll have to then look back at later on. And uh, it's 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 wrong it, to shorten what I was about to say and probably keep it cleaner than I should. It shouldn't be done. Uh, and this is something we touched on last week. We're very good at policing ourselves, but now people get offended if you tell them to do or ask them to do something that they shouldn't be doing. No, we're talking about this uh, sitting down um, at the matches. Sitting there, I, I'd be more annoyed if someone was sitting there waving a phone in front was watching the game or even then speaking to themselves whilst the game's on or chatting to the mate about something else who's not in the ground. That would annoy me more than someone stand up with a zest of exuberance, I suppose, because Gordon's Pegging it doing the wing, and he's just about to lay up Isaac. You can understand why people stand up, but that's maybe it's just our era or generation or whatever. 
I, I, I can't get my head around why people want to sit there with a mobile phone in the hand and, and, and video a game. It's the biggest belief for me, like it does. Yeah, it is strange. Uh, Mitch, just, you know, it's a disease, I suppose. And I mean, you can't, it's not if you can upload the footage because you'll, you know, you just get, you, you know, gets wiped off straight away because it's Premier League copyright. Look, I, I can understand why particularly artists get upset about people not just videoing them for the sake of copyrights and things like that. But if you go to see something as an experience, you're not getting the experience if you're doing it through a phone screen. No. You're getting the experience secondhand already, even though you're there. Um, it is a very different world in which we live, very media-driven. Um, I can tell you that from the changes in conversations I have with patients about aesthetics and smiles and things like that. And, People will dig. You see, there's gap here. And I'm damn certain 20 years ago they wouldn't be talking about that gap because they wouldn't have had the selfies taken or the pictures taken or the media taken where they can see that gap. And they don't always show that gap because the gap's being shown when they're smiling and properly laughing in an inopportune moment and somebody's taking a picture of them and it's like, but then they become focused on that. And that's the thing that needs to be fixed. Um, and, it, 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 and I do have very, very different conversations now as to what I did, say, 20 years ago. And it, it all ties in with the same thing, that we've got this sort of media-driven world. I, I, I tell you the ones that get me are the ones doing sort of match day stuff where they film themselves. Mm. I, I, I just don't get that. As popular as they are, and I, I know some people do like them. You um, see the that, uh, I'll be careful how I say this. The, the blonde lassie, she filmed herself, or she, she had the camera, that's it, I'm leaving. And she like, storms off down the stairs simply for effect. Well, she left her phone. So obviously, someone was feeding her, really? uh, filled her, and then she came back for the phone. So it, it's it's not about the team, it's about them. It's about building profiles and stuff yeah. like that. Go to the match, cheer the lads on, enjoy it with your mates, and then go about, talk about it after the match. I've seen images of uh, a couple of people in the Spurs crowd with bloody ring lights set up in the in the aisles on the stairs, and all sorts of videoing themselves and videoing around them. Um, madness! And, and how can you be fully immersed in the experience when you're doing it you're immediately doing it secondhand? Um, and then we we'll wonder why. Sometimes there's not a spark in the crowd. Sometimes there's not that same feel. Um, and it certainly affects some clubs more than others. There's no doubt about that. That shows uh, really just to put them off so they have to stop doing it eventually. Well, I, I mean, there, there are interesting ways to disrupt the video. Uh, <laughs> but it, it, it really is sort of a, a different era that I'm showing my age now. I just don't get it. I do like this one from Michael. He goes, uh, uh, example, growing up, did you take pictures of your dinner, waited three weeks for True Print to send them back and post them to your mate? <laughs> <laughs> Michael, that's perfect, mate. That's exactly, that's exactly right, mate. But it is. Uh, Tim's just rolled back yeah, can, the before me. Can, can, can I have three copies of that? Because I want to send these pictures of me dinner to me pals. <laughs> I knew this would cause some great comments. Little <laughs> 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 people take phones for a walk and let their dog tag along. Um, <laughs> oh, 
Paul says, I've told people if they message me the match, I'm not missing half the match, texting them back. Uh, James says, Stu, get off my lawn, Penman. Welcome back, James. <laughs> Glad you're on the men, James, by the uh, the way. Uh, Steve Middleman says, I wish there was mobiles in the 80s rather than flying darts and petrol bombs. Yeah, um, that's fair coming, I guess. <laughs> uh, and Moza, yeah, I think I, I, I think it's the point that Stu made. I do pics of the flags, but then it's a weird, like an outside. Yeah, the, you know, the flag displays, the build up, like warming oh, up. Yeah. yeah. Mark Byers, who uh, is such a, a, a quiet soul, especially on social media these days, uh, says filming <laughs> themselves is the narcissism social media has created. Uh, I knew it would. I knew this would wind you up. Uh, Mary Queen uh, eight says uh, I was the first to get a mobile phone. My mum was the first to speak to all her friends on it. I then had to remind her she could also top it up. <laughs> Thanks, Mary. Uh, Mark says Arsenal's atmosphere yesterday was as dreadful. Three nil up, silence, and stadium started emptying. And Jules is going on about true print. Uh, it's when they came back blurry. What photos of your food? Uh, Andy says, uh, Andy up the Villa. Um, I hope, hope you're well, mate. Our Aston Villa fan. I uh, used to have to wait for the chemist to develop them back in the day. Yes, I remember that. Uh, folk that behave uh, that way, Mitch, don't deserve tickets, uh, says Dave. But we'll not start on tickets tonight, though. <laughs> we'll swerve that one. Um, yeah, well, I, I mentioned Manquillo. Um, look, he's he's been a great servant. I can't remember how much we bought him for, Stu, but what you know, what, what a servant he's been. I wouldn't call him a great servant, uh, but Mankio, what he has been, is committed. Every time he's played, he's gave his best, whether that was good enough every game or not. Irrespective, you know, even when he was having bad games, he never hid. And that's the sort of player that we as fans admire, respect. Um, and holding in higher esteem than those with more talent that don't actually put the effort in. Uh, and I, I don't think you could say... He let me down, but he was never going to take us forward either. So 96, again, 96 games, one goal. Old uh, trap. Signed in 2017, and obviously he's just left. But So seven seven years. I, I think when I say servant, I mean, the fact that he's probably been there, he sat around for a vast amount of his time at the club, but when he's come in, he's not let me down. I think, that's yeah, probably, I, I think that's the best way to describe him. That's what I meant. Yeah, it, it, he's, he's similar to what Kraft is as well. You know, they're, they're both like the same type of player. It's, they're all right to have the squad, but you were not going to have them in the first team. And as I said, as we circle the wagons back around, they're not being sentimental. This is the type of player we need to shit off the off the wage bill. And there'll be a few more going. But again, the, there's no resentment to someone man, like Mankio because you know that he gave his best. And if he was asked to play for us last week or the week before, sorry, he, he would have played. And he would have he would have given it all. We just need people who want to give it all and have a higher ability. That's how we're going to progress. So best of luck. I hope he plays more regularly and stays injury free and does really well for Rafa. Yeah, Manquillo, um, you know, goes with our best wishes. There's no doubt about that, Mitch. Absolutely. I think the fee was something like four, four and a half million, something like that. Uh, off the top of my head. Um, which in modern day terms isn't a, isn't a vast sum. Um, what I liked about him was he had a wholeheartedness and a commitment about him. You know, he complained he, he that. No, he just seemed to get about his job in a professional manner. Um, and he, I don't think he ever genuinely let me down. 
who was never particularly a stellar player, but he filled in at right back, filled in at left back, and sometimes came in in crucial games where we needed him to perform. Um, so certainly I was never uncomfortable seeing his name on the team sheet because he had an idea what you were going to get. Like the Paul Dummett. Uh, uh, and, and, and there's not many players you can say that about, to be fair. Um, and it certainly goes with the grace because you've not heard him even chirping away saying, oh, I want to get away for first team opportunities. And da, 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 da. Nothing. He's just been a professional. Um, and there's not many modern-day footballers you can say that 100% about. Mark Byers makes a good point. Yeah, Manquillo's run led to Shelby's free kick against yes. Leeds and the rest mm -hmm. is history. That's yeah. one of the games I was thinking of in particular because he came into that game and everybody was like, oh, hang on. But he, he, he didn't just turn a performance in. He was key to winning the bloody game. He was. Uh, Tim's got a question for you, Mitch. He says, question for Mitch. Who's winning the Super Bowl? It must be a nightmare watching the games with a time difference. I fancy Baltimore. I didn't even know it was on. Well, it's, it's not yet, but it's the it's the conference semi-finals this weekend. I would call it. I've got the the Chiefs Chiefs go to the Bills, and I think it's three thirty hour time. So um, after this, I'm jumping across to join Chris Rodriguez, the American Mad Pie, for a little bit of time on his NUFC Insiders podcast, and then I'll probably just sit up until kickoff and take some of the game in and get a few hours kept before I go to work. Because uh, right. if people don't know, I'm a Chiefs fan. Um, so I'm not going to back against the Chiefs. Uh, they haven't played particularly well all season, but here they are in the playoffs again. Um, people are making a big deal about Patrick Mahomes and it's been his first playoff game away from home. Um, I don't think that particularly fears him. He's, he's a special talent indeed in Kansas City. I'm very lucky to have him in, in, in going forward. Um, if Kansas City can get over there, Habit of dropping cross passes at crucial times this season, which has killed them in a couple of games. Um, they're very hard to beat. Um, Baltimore are a quality, quality team, but they'll play the Chiefs in the AFC uh, final, hopefully, which then would take you to the Super Bowl. So that would knock out Baltimore for going through if we were to pick my team, the Chiefs. A uh, couple of questions we'll have to finish. Do you think any Saudi players will come in on deadline day? Says Sean. Do you think we'll do you think we'll go back to the Saudi market because it was the thing that sparked a load of controversy before the window even opened? Yeah, it's well, it's another thing they tried to introduce a new rule, the, the Newcastle rule, wasn't it? To stop Newcastle rule. Um, well, Mitch knows what I'm going to say. I, I was told that that Nevers was coming to us. Ruben Nevers was coming to us, and the more it gets likely. I know I mentioned I was at the Al Hilal Al Nasser derby with 50 odd thousand there. And I watched Nevers, and I, I did mention the game was probably like a top end of the championship game. But Nevers' class stood out, but it would take him a few games to get up to speed to get back up to Premier League level. But he, he's got he's got a great touch. Uh so I, I was told by some of that Mitch knows as well that that the that Nevers was likely coming to Newcastle. Uh, so that means to me it's been talked about at a high level there. And he's one of those that earmarked. The downside of that, or the flip side of that, is uh, he plays for Al Hilal there, top of the league. And why would he want to leave a league winning team on the money? And then I, I, I would have him just for the just for the fume. And the his club in Saudi pay 
80% of his salary because they like 80 20 cuts, don't they, Mitch? So they'll pay 80% of his salary, we pay 20 and then if anyone complains, we'll just point them to some of the deals that we've done. Like Isaac Hayden, for example, I think we were paying 90% of his salary. So all these things could be little chess pieces that have been set in place for the bigger game. And it might be this window, it might be next window. Um, I think if things get closer to the end of the window and nobody else is signed, uh, I wouldn't be against Firmino coming in as a bit of cover up front. And But I, I, if you get someone like that, then I think the main business will be done in the summer, but I, I still expect us to get a midfielder. Even, I, I keep saying Calvin Phillips, but someone of that ilk uh, for the rest of the season is a minimum. And and then the, they can add to that with... Uh, 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 an international, well, as many international loans as you want, but you don't want to stop piling too many people into the squad. So maybe a, a, a local loan, as in a, as a Premier League loan, and maybe a international loan. So, uh, yes, the, the original question, would we get someone from Saudi? I, I think it's an option that I'm sure that has been under a discussion and is, is constantly under review. Yep. Uh, thoughts, Mitch, on the Saudi market? Um, there to be used, and I don't think we should be frightened to use it if it suits us and it suits the players coming in. Um, I would like to see it used part of me, the cantankerous part of me, just to just to see the reaction. <laughs> I would then use it as much as I damn well could. Um, do we need to? I suspect we won't go that way. Um, but if it's a way to give Eddie the help he needs and as Stu says the the information he's been getting has been very solidly uh, that we are or that Nevers could still come to Newcastle United um, somebody's still very insistent on that uh, and there's no reason for him you know, to go any other way um, so let's just see but I, I certainly would, wouldn't be unhappy with it I think there's quality players to be had um, there's there's rumblings in the press today that some of them aren't happy on the back of Henderson leaving. So you know maybe maybe there could be some real value we had there. But either way, um, I wouldn't be averse to it. Simply just to stick it back up the people who were desperate to stop it happening because it was us. Uh, thanks to everybody in the chat. Um, lots of positive stuff coming through. Best matter show by my list. Consistently good. Thanks, Mark Byers. Great show tonight. Is ever well done, everyone. Don't forget to hit the uh, thumbs up and subscribe to the channel, says Muzza. Thank you. I have stuck the link in the chat for the auction, uh, which Danny Mitchell um, had put up. 15 items, 15 Newcastle United items up for grabs. There's some absolute bargains in there. Um, there's some Keegan, there's some Eddie Howe, uh, Bruno, Joe Linton, you name it. 40, 50 quids they're uh, at at the moment. 30 minutes left. Get yourself on um, and hopefully uh, you'll be able to bag yourself a bargain beforehand. Blue Rhythm Boy will give you the last comment. Ben Jacobs made a good point about covering Saudi wages and them not wanting players to leave their league so soon. We will wait and see. I am back tomorrow night with the fans forum at six o'clock. Uh, Tuesday night, uh, we'll see the new show. I will keep you in suspense with that one. Wednesday, uh, pre-recorded, uh, we will have the Geordies here, Geordies there show. And uh, Thursday morning, uh, we'll see Supermac and Gibbo join me at 10 o'clock slightly earlier on Thursday. And the Amigos on Friday is back at its usual time of 5 o'clock till 7. Saturday, 
to be confirmed. Sunday next week, of course, will be your uh, daily dose, your weekly dose, sorry, of the professionals. Uh, and that's it from us tonight. Uh, Mitch, good luck on uh, the other podcast. And uh, Cheers, thanks to Stu as well. Take care, guys. I'll uh, see you for Jordy's here. Jordy's there later in the week. Take care. Thank you. Good day, everyone. everyone. Thank you.